Hello, everybody. Welcome to Zone Defense. Be sure to follow us on Spotify at Zone Defense Podcast and on Twitter at Zone Defense Pod. We also want to say thank you to all of our new viewers from our last few episodes. However, a lot of you are not yet subscribed, so be sure to hit that subscribe button if you have not already and smash that notification bell because it really helps out our channel a lot. Also, drop a comment down below and let us know your thoughts on today's topic. Today, Chris and I will be doing another edition of the Zone Defense Basketball Hour and discussing the All-Star Starters and the All-Star Reserves. How's it going, Chris? It's going good, Drew. Yeah, we're going to have a little bit of a different format today just because there's a ton to talk about. You know, we can't always – we can get into the Jazz anytime we want. You know, obviously, they're a legitimate finals contender. We could talk about other teams that are struggling, like the Miami Heat. Uh, that would be a, an interesting one. But, you know, at the same time, you know, we have the all-star stars, all-star reserves to talk about. We got a, a, a big – some big, you know, potential guys that could be moving around the league as well too. Well, some trade targets, some buyout targets. So we'll have to talk about all three of those today. Instead, we're going to let Drew bring up the topics, and then we're both going to react to them. So take us away, Drew. Yeah, so we'll jump in here to the All-Star starters that were announced, I believe, Thursday night on TNT. Um, the Western Conference um, had the most debate, and I know, Chris, you're really excited to talk about it today. Um, so Steph Curry and Luka Doncic were representing the backcourt, uh, and then LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard were in the West frontcourt. And then out East, it was pretty chalk for the most part. Um, Bradley Beal uh, made his – it was his third career All-Star selection, but his first career All-Star start, so that was pretty cool. Uh, Kyrie Irving was the other Eastern Conference guard. And then in the front court, this was as chalk as it got. Uh, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't think there was really any debate with those three guys in the front court. Um, but, Chris, you got your Dame jersey on. Um, we were – in the in our group chat when these were being announced, and you were very, very passionate that you felt Damian Lillard should have gotten in over Luka Doncic. There was also a big push on social media about this. Um, so I'll just let you – I'll give you the floor and let you take it away. I mean, clearly, I'm going to have strong opinions about this because I'm such a big fan of his. I think he's been an incredible player throughout his entire career. But I, I think it's – I think it's an objective fact he should have made the actual game. I don't think this is biased. I think he just deserved it more than Luca. Obviously, Luca has been incredible this year. Don't get me wrong. I love Luca. He's one of. I mean, as you know, Drew, I literally have a, a Luca jersey. I really like him as well. I think he's a great player. That being said, his team has not been very good so far this year. He's obviously been awesome. It's not. I'm not blaming him for this, but there's been some moments where you know. He, he's he's come up short in big moments. I mean, uh, a prime example is when they played the Portland Trailblazers, he missed a pretty easy potential game-tying shot right before overtime would have happened. And, I mean, you know, it's it's just one shot. It's not like the whole the whole world revolves around that one shot. But I'm when, you, when you're comparing such good players, I mean, those are those are moments that, that you know, I look at. Uh, a signature moment that could have been Lucas. He could have brought the game to overtime. Instead, Damian Lillard came up big. Yet again, in another in another late game situation, and he and I believe they are twelve and three in clutch. Uh, I believe five point games or something like that in terms of the Portland Trailblazers. So I mean, I just think wh when you look at all of that, when their stats are very similar, both obviously awesome offensive players. Uh, their defense is whatever it is, what it is. But you know, offensively, both really gifted scorers. But I just I look at you know how Dame has carried this super injured CJ McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic team to an 18 and 10 record fourth in the West right now. Whereas the Dallas Mavericks on the outside looking in so far and have really struggled out of the gate so far this season, they're picking up a little bit, but they're still not very good. You know, I look at that. I look at the clutch wins, 
Damian Lillard's performance in the clutch, which he's pretty much first in, in any stat you can ever imagine in terms of what he's done in the clutch situation. So I think when you're when you're comparing such good players, you got to give it to the guy that's on, been on the better team, plus also has better big-time performances. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'll be honest. When, when I was doing my ballot, I had um, Damian Lillard in over Luka Doncic, but at the same time, I would argue I don't think it's as big a deal that you and, and several other people are making it. I think both the guys, I mean, it's not like Luka, or um, excuse me, it's not like Dame's not going to make the All-Star team at all. Um, if this was like a reserves battle, I think I'd have a much more bigger issue with it, but he's still going to make the team as a reserve. Five years from now, um, we're not going to remember who was the starter and who was not the starter um, in terms of like legacy, all that stuff. I get in the moment, it is um, a lot of people feel like it's like yourself. It's egregious that um, Lillard's not in over Luca, um, but at the same time, their stats are pretty similar. And I think Luca has the edge in terms of playmaking, in terms of defense, um, and, and rebounding as well. I think he's got the edge in those categories, even though Dame has a clear advantage in all the categories you mentioned before. So I think it's it's very close. Um, typically, when it's this close. I would prefer to go with the team with the better record, which would obviously be the Blazers. But at the same time, I did see here a stat that I think um, at this point in the year, at the point in the year when all the, the rosters and the voting was finalized, I think the NBA has only played, I think, 35 to 38% of their entire games. Typically, in a normal NBA season, they play over half the season by the time they make voting. So um, from what I heard is a lot of times, I know the media – and the players both had Lillard in over Luca, but Luca had the fan vote. But I have heard that a lot of people have kind of not taken the record into account as much as they would in a traditional year, just because the sample size is much smaller than in a normal season, because we've only played just over a quarter of the season rather than over half the season. So yeah, that maybe would be why the records don't mean as much. Um, but the blade, and it's not like it'd be different if the Mavericks were brutal. Um, they've definitely underachieved and they're not good, but they've been playing at least a little bit better as of late. Um, at least they're now league average instead of just below average. Um, and it's only a five game difference between the Blazers and the Mav, which is still a lot, but it's not like a 10 game difference or something crazy like that. So, yeah, again, I, I see your qualms with it. I, I get it because I also would have would have had Lillard in over Luca. Um, but at the same time, I think it was really, really close. Dame is still going to make the all-star team as a reserve, which I'm sure we'll talk about um, towards the end of the episode today. Um, and yeah, I just, it's like, I, said, I mean, I got my, I got a Dallas jersey on right now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely a bigger Lillard fan than I am a Luca fan. Um, but I still think there, there's, there's good arguments for why Luca should be in the game, um, be a starter. I mean, and, uh, maybe Lillard just has to improve his marketing in an international, international vote, because I guess that was the big thing that Luca got was the international fan vote really pushed him in the fans. And then obviously they, they, they have the tiebreaker. So that's how he became a starter instead of Dame. So maybe Dame's just got to sell more Adidas out in, uh, in Slovenia or, uh, China or Europe or whatever, and then then he'll be able to be a starter next year. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> I, that will never happen because Luca's basically an international icon. But I mean, when you win both the players and the media vote, I think you pretty much deserve a lock to be an All Star starter. That's just my opinion. But we also look at you know, I I don't know what else he would have to do to make a starting roster. This dude's averaging thirty points a game on a team that doesn't have. I mean, if you if they had CJ, if they had Nurk and they were 18 and 10. I don't think it's as passionate of a debate. What he's carrying, what is basically half a Portland Trailblazers roster to the four seat and the easily the harder conference. So 
I, I just every game's a battle in this league. You know, I know their schedule hasn't been insanely hard since those guys were out, but I mean they're they're beating teams like Phil. They beat Philly two times. They've beaten some other quality basketball teams. Every game in in the West is pretty much a dogfight unless you're playing the Timberwolves who suck. But everybody else <laughs> in the West is pretty darn good. So I just, you know, I don't know what else he would have to do to make an all-star team. This dude's averaging basically 39 and 13 over the last week of the season as well. So, I mean, it just, you know, it is what it is, man. It's the all-star game. I don't care that much about the actual game, but I think this is why I hate fan voting. And I think it just compared, if, if you win both players in media and not the fan vote, I think it's just, I don't know, man. It just doesn't make sense for all three of those to, you know, they to get him just to win the fan vote, barely win it. But also, which it wasn't like it was a blowout or anything in the fan vote. And then he just gets in over him, which I think I think he's not as deserving personally. Obviously, he's been fantastic here. I love him as a player. But if you if you rank Dame, I mean he's third in the MVP power ladder right now, and Luca's nowhere to be found inside the top five. So I, I mean it doesn't make any sense to have the guy that's ranked third in MVP not be a starter in the all-star game either. That's just you know, it is what it is, man. It, it's whatever, you know. I'm I'm still going to watch the game. It's, I'm not going to boycott the game for this <laughs> at the same time. And I don't think he, I don't think Dame cares that much either, but I also think the Washington wizards are in some big trouble and they play, this is what Saturday we're, we're recording Saturday late morning. They play tonight against the wizards at home. I think he might drop a 50 bomb tonight. I don't know about you, but I think it's, it's a, and he plays Russ too. That, that also helps, but I think, I think the, the wizards are screwed. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I don't know about that, um, but I'll, I'll go back to your your previous points. Um, I mean, it is. I definitely like this format a lot better than the previously when the starters were determined completely by the fans. So we had Yao Ming who played, I think, like ten games back in like 2010 or something like that. He started the All Star game. Uh, the one year there was a huge push that almost got Zaza Pachulia as a starter in the All Star game. So. Um, I'm glad we don't have that format. And I mean, Commissioner Silver said the other night, it's for the fans. This is all about the fans. So um, I like I don't have a big problem with the, the voting format. I do like the fact that like me being a fan that I have a, at least some say maybe um, in, in, in who gets into the All-Star game or who at least who gets recognized by getting a lot of votes. So I have a huge problem about that. And you did mention there too about how, like how, like what else does Dame have to do? It's not fair. Um, I mean, I, Again, he's still going to make the All-Star team. It's not like he's going to be left off it completely. Right. And I look at a guy like Mike Conley, who was with the Grizzlies, and we should have been an All-Star for several years there with the Grizzlies, but just kept not making it because he was in the West. And I think, I mean, I don't think there's any argument that I would take Luka and Dame over probably both Bradley Beal and Kyrie Irving in the Eastern Conference, if we're solely talking about it. I think Beal's got a bigger argument because he's averaging so many points, but the Wizards also suck. I think the Beal and the Luka argument, they're they're pretty close, I would say. They're pretty comparable, even though Beal's stats are better. But I think Dame, for sure, I would want him over both Beal and Kyrie. So it's just just unfortunate for Dame that he's in the Western Conference and there's just so many really good guards in the West. I think if he was was in the East, because I mean, this has been a, I feel like every year we talk about Dame being snubbed, either not making the All-Star game completely or not being named a starter. Um, But if he was out East, he'd be, he'd probably be a starter for like the entirety of his career, I feel like. So it's just unfortunate for him that he's in the West when the West guards are so, so good. But um, I want to transition to the Eastern Conference, which um, I think feel like the front court 
in both conferences. The West was LeBron, Jokic, Leonard. I didn't really see anybody arguing that. I, I know some people were like, well, why is Leonard in? But then you have like Anthony Davis, who hasn't played very well this year. It's just not a lot of other good forwards that would be over Kawhi. So that I didn't really have an issue with that. And then the East, I mentioned before too, Durant, Embiid, Giannis, no big deal there. Uh, we already talked about the West guards, the controversy there. But I think the East guards, there's a little bit of controversy there too. I think Beal, when you look at the East guards, Beal is clearly, I would say, that the top guy. I know the Wizards suck. They've been playing a little bit better as of late, to be honest. Uh, they still have an outside chance at, at sneaking in there to the play-in tournament. Who knows? Um, I think they're – let me check real quick. I think they're only a game and a half. Can you imagine after all the crap that Wizards fans and the Beal and, oh, he's going to get traded, had to go through the first month of the year and the Wizards sneak into the playoffs? That'd be insane. But anyway, I think Beal – I think Beal would be is – the, is the top guy in the East in terms of guards, especially now the Wizards are playing a little bit better, like I said. My problem, though, is Kyrie Irving. I think he is a super talented player. When he's been on the court, I think this might be the best basketball I've seen him play, period. The problem I have, though, is he – and I know he had some other issues, outside issues, off the court. I don't think it's come out completely what it was, but he he missed – he. It didn't seem like his teammates were super happy, and it, it, by all accounts, he, he quit on his team for, I think, what was that, two or three weeks, um, and he was at – parties and all this stuff. And I, I have some problems with that. Uh, I still think Kyrie should be an all-star, but I think when you look at the entire season, especially with such a small sample size so far, uh, missing two to three weeks of the year, that's, that's a problem. And you look at some of the other guards that could have been taken over or instead of Kyrie as a starter, his teammate, James Harden comes to mind. Same exact thing with him. I still think Harden should, is going to be an all-star. We'll, we'll talk about it later when we talk about the reserves. Um, but again, I don't think he should have been a starter either for pretty much the same exact reasons. If not, I think he has even a worse case to start than Kyrie because he was out partying in strip clubs. He was he straight up quit on his team and he was um, in the West too. I think you have to count that into consideration as well when you're talking about Eastern conference all-stars. Um, so even though Harden and Irving have the stats, they have the more talents. I don't think they sh- either of them should have started. I would have given my starting nod to Jalen Brown, who I know he missed a couple of games there with an injury, but if you look at the entirety of the season and the small sample size, I know there's been a lot of talk about the Celtics not being a great team. That is very true. Um, but the Nets, I mean, they're ni- the Nets are 19 and 12. The Celtics are 15 and 14. It's a three-game difference. Neither team is lighting the world on fire. I don't think that's enough of a enough of a difference to be like, oh, well, the Nets are a better team, so they have to get another All-Star. The Celtics and Nets are pretty close. And Jalen Brown, with Jason Tatum out for long stretches of the season, has really carried that team both sides of the ball. He's played well offensively. He's played well defensively. He hasn't quit on his team. He's kept them going. If anything, he's the reason that they're the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference still and not worse than that. Very similar to your argument about Dame, Chris. Um, and, yeah, so I think even though he's not – I'm not saying he's, a t- he's t- more talented than Kyrie or Harden. I'm saying if you look at this season specifically, I think – Jalen Brown was more deserving than both Harden and Kyrie get to get other starting spot. But at the same time, very similar to my argument to you about Damian Lillard, Jalen Brown's going to be an all-star. So it's not as big a deal in the grand scheme of things, but as it stands right now, I do think Jalen Brown definitely got snubbed. But what do you think? I mean, yeah, I, I was going to bring up Jalen Brown as well, but I, I really don't have anything to add here. We could probably just move on. I mean, I, I, I 100% agree. Jalen Brown, I think, deserved to get in over Kyrie Irving, and you laid it out perfectly. I, I don't, I, you took the words out of my mouth. I don't really need to say anything about that, but I think the rest of the starters, besides the Lillard, Luca debate, and then Jalen Brown making, I think all the other starters were spot on and, and very deserving. 
Awesome. I made you, uh, got you speechless. That's very rare. So that's, uh, that's I guess good. So. Yeah, it is rare. Good job. Good job by me, I guess then. Um, but yeah, so the, we'll, that's really all for the all-star starters. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll finish the episode up talking about the all-star reserves. Um, we might get to some little bit more debates there. Um, but yeah, I'm still excited to watch the all-star game. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about how great the competition will be just because several players have come out about not wanting to play in the all-star game for, for very, very good reasons. So that'll be interesting to see. But in terms of the starters, I got some issues, but overall, not nothing horrendous, nothing too, too bad. But uh, before we jump into our, our next point, I just want to remind everyone again that if you are new to the channel or have not yet subscribed, please hit that subscribe button. Like I said at the top, it really helps out our channel. And we would all be eternally grateful. But let's jump in now to the Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin rumors. Not really rumors anymore. It's been confirmed. Um, Blake Griffin is no longer going to be playing with the Pistons. He has not, at the time of this recording, he's not been either traded or bought out. It seems like in his his case, because he's owed, I believe, like 50 to $60 million over the next two years. Um, next year is a player option, but he's be crazy if he doesn't accept the player option because it's like worth 30 over $30 million. So that's probably going to happen. So he's, he's owed a lot of money in a bought out. He's probably going to get bought out because he's owed a lot of money and the trade market. It's just, I don't really see anyone trading for Blake. He's been pretty brutal this year. It's been sad to see, but I feel like he can find a way on a contender. Um, Andre Drummond's where things get a little bit more interesting. He's played decent um, this season. Um, and it's the same thing with the Cavs. They've apparently reached an agreement where Drummond's not going to play for the Cavs anymore um, as they look to work out a trade or also a buyout is on the table as well because Drummond's owed so much money. I do. I can see a team trading for Drummond. Blake, though, I think he's mostly going to get bought out just because of that contract and the way he's playing. But um, I'll let you get us started here, Chris. Um, where do you do you think there's a trade on the table for Drummond or maybe even Blake? Um, and if not, if if so, what team do you think is going to trade for either guy? Or if not, if they're going to get bought out, which teams do you think could need a Andre Drummond or Blake Griffin the most? Yeah, so I'm going to lay out. So Drummond, I think, is extremely likely to just get traded. I don't think his contract is quite as egregious. And I also think he provides a little bit more value than Blake Griffin as of right now, which really pains me to say because I'm not you as you well know, Drew, I am not a Andre Drummond fan. I'll just at that. But uh so I think all of these are Eastern Conference teams. So I would lay out the three that I think he is most likely to go to. The first one would be the Toronto Raptors. There's been a lot of rumors that he could go there, but the problem is, is I'm hearing rumors that Norman Powell would be the piece in return. And I think Norman Powell is an infinitely better player than a, especially lately he's been dropping buckets lately. And I think it's part of the reason why Kyle Lowry has been a possible trade candidate as well. But uh, I think Drummond potentially, that's a potential destination for him for sure. As long as it's not Norman Powell, because I don't think that'll ever happen. But uh, the Celtics, another team that really needs a big, uh, their bigs have been kind of disappointing this year, I would say. Tyson, you know, he can shoot, but he's, he's kind of undersized. Thompson is out there for 15-ish minutes a game. It's basically like a Walmart version of Andre Drummond, I would say. And then lastly, the Brooklyn Nets. And I don't know how that – that would probably be more in a buyout situation rather than a trade, but I think that's a, a very possible destination. And these are all – this is a piece that teams are going to need to you know get through the Joel and, – and they may not get through Joel Embiid with – Drummond, but he can at least help try to, you know, put a big body on him or something like that. I think it's basically just a counter to Joe, how well Joel Embiid's been this year. So, and then, yeah, like I said, Drummond is not going to stop him, but at least he can he can put a bigger body on him. And then I'll go to Blake Griffin really quick as well. I think there's one clear cut destination, and I really have been 
I've been advocating for this. I don't know if you agree, but you know, Anthony Davis has been out for a while. I think the buyout situation, him going to LA makes a ton of sense. This guy could come off the bench, provide some scoring punch for them in a similar fashion to Kuzma. You know, I think those two would work really well in the front court together. And I think he can make, make for some interesting lineup combinations for sure. Adding another guy that can handle the ball. If he can figure out his shot, if he can figure out, you know, getting some athleticism back. I think it's a really interesting piece, and I think it, it's a it's a destination that makes sense for both teams. Blake Griffin can get revenge on his former team, the LA Clippers. The Pistons can get off that contract with a buyout, and the Lakers can get some some insurance policy. Which obviously, I don't. If AD's out, I don't think they're winning the NBA Finals. But Blake Griffin gives them at least a body to where they can take some of the pressure off of AD when he because he's going to come back at some point throughout the regular season. But I think they need to limit his minutes down to 25, 30 a game. And I think Blake would give them a yeah. a very good chance to do that. Yeah, I mean, I'll start. So I'll just go in the same order that you did because I agree with a lot of your points there. Um, with Drummond, it's very obvious he's got to find a team where um, that needs a center and that is going to, like you said, have to combat Joel Embiid out there in the East. Um, so I like I like him to Brooklyn, but that's going to be that's going to have to be a some sort of a. Um, a buyout situation um, trading wise. I think it's either going to be Boston or um, Toronto in, in terms of a trade. Um, I did see the same rumor about his like Norman Powell. Um, I think it was like Matt Thomas and like maybe somebody else um, in some sort of salary filler and maybe like a draft pick for um, Andre Drummond, which I'm, if I'm the Cavs and you saw what the Pistons got last year, which was a second round pick and like John Henson and Brandon Knight's inspiring deals. I would way more like I'd be, I'd be ecstatic if that's what I got in return um, from the, for Andre Drummond to the Cavs. So um, if I'm the Cavs, I'd definitely do that in a heartbeat, but um, the Celtics, I don't really know exactly what they're going to do there. Um, that might be more of a buyout circumstance as well. Um, but I, I'm, I know I, this isn't, there's no concrete rumors to this. I'm just saying Bill Simmons was like, let's make this happen. If Nikola Vucevic went to the Celtics some way, that would be awesome. I'd like, I'd like him to go there rather than Drummond. But if that doesn't happen, maybe Drummond ends up in the Celtics. But I still think the Raptors and the Nets are the two clear cut. There's a, there's a need there. If they get there, I think if the Nets get Drummond, I think they're the. I think they could be better than the Sixers, clearly. And I think if the Raptors get them, they could maybe move back into that contention of maybe they're an Eastern Conference uh, championship type of team. Um, another team too, I wanted to short throw out there just out of curiosity, if if maybe they'll make a move, is the Knicks as well as the Hornets. I mean, maybe they are like they're they're playoff teams right now. Maybe they're like, hey, let's get Drummond in here, expiring deal. Well, he's not going to cost us that much. Uh, maybe that's the difference between being a playing team and a clear cut top six seed for either of those teams. And, and maybe Drummond's enough to get them to win the play in and also actually be a clear playoff team. So I think Hornets or Knicks could be sneaky dark horse contenders for Drummond as well. Um, if the price is low enough, because I don't want the Knicks or the Hornets like mortgaging their future to get a guy like Andre Drummond. That doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Uh, and then with, with, with Blake, um, I like the Lakers. Don't really have much to add there. I think there's there's clear rumors that there's interest on both sides. If I had to put money on it right now, I'm assuming he's going to end up on the Lakers most likely. Um, but Chris, you're Blazers too. I think honestly that could be a Drummond landing spot too if he gets bought out. Um, I think the Blazers could be in the market for either of Drummond or Blake. Um, and then same thing. I, I would love to see Blake Griffin on the Suns too. I think I think that could be an interesting. But Chris Paul's there. Chris Paul's there. I, I, I 
by all accounts, they're kind of friends now. They don't hate each other as much as they did in their Clippers days, but I don't really think a reunion is very likely. Um, so I, I would imagine that uh, that I, I think the Blazers and the Lakers are the clear-cut choices for Blake. I don't see him going to an Eastern Conference team. I feel like he's probably going to go back out West, but um, yeah, that's my takes. I, I agree with most of them, but I, I think the Hornets and the Knicks and the Blazers are, are three teams that you didn't mention that I think could be dark horse contenders for either guy. But Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have any complaints with either one of those destinations. I think it makes a lot of sense, especially if they're whether or not they go all in or not this year. It might be a little bit too early for both teams to do that. Uh, but it gives them a, a potential big to, you know, combat some of those elite bigs in the league. I mean, obviously Drummond's going to get baby by them. You know my opinion on him. He's not very good at basketball. But I think in the right scheme, he could he could play a good role. They just need to el- eliminate him having the ball all the time and taking these wild shots and keeping that field goal percentage down. But if he can just be a guy that, you know, rim runs, plays a little bit of defense, gets some steals and blocks, and then gets offensive boards – I mean, I, I don't have a problem with just trading a little bit for him, but I don't think he's – I mean, as you can see, the Pistons couldn't get anything for him. The Cavs aren't going to get anything for him. Yeah. There's just not a home for him, and, and he needs to find that home. But to potentially maybe turn his career around from where it was when he was with Detroit. I mean, I – like you like like I've said before, I'm not – I'm not the biggest Drummond fan, and, and that's putting it very mildly. But you know, yeah. there, there, there could be a potential. There's a way where he he can make an impact on a good team. So I think I think some of those teams you have rumored to are are good destinations for him for sure. But yeah, let's let's get into your All Star reserves list if you're ready. Yeah, I wanted to just touch one more point on Drummond real quick. Um, I don't really want him to go to the Knicks or the Hornets because I think he'd be very similar to the Drummond we see right now. I mentioned this to you before, too. I think Drummond has to go to a team like the Nets or the Raptors where he's clearly not the most talented guy on the team because he's got the talent. I don't think even though you're a bona fide Drummond hater, he's got the talent. He's just not motivated. And I think I think going to a good team would help him blossom even going to the blazers too i know they're not an elite team but he'd clearly be the third or fourth banana there behind cj and dame um so i yeah i think i think i think that would be really good for him and blake it's also just sad because like he was an all nba player just two years ago one of the probably the most dynamic most entertaining players of the 2010s it's sad to see him play like this but hopefully he hops onto the lakers and is and is a good guy but um yeah, you mentioned it there. I'll hop into my all-star reserve. So I'm just going to go down. And I'll tell you my thought process. Um, I'll start with the West. We'll go like conference by conference. Um, just tell you my thought process and then just get your instant reactions because I have not told you any of these yet. So for me, in the Western Conference, so you get seven reserves, uh, three forwards, two guards, and then you get two wild card picks as well. That could be either any position. Um, so for me, there was four clear-cut um, they were for sure picks. There was no discussion. That's Paul George with the Clippers as a forward, Rudy Gobert with the Jazz as a forward, and then Damian Lillard from the Damian Lillard and Donovan Mitchell both as guards. So those are the four guys that were clear cut. I know I feel like George Gobert and Lillard, those of three have been pretty universal across all ballots, at least that I've seen so far. Donovan Mitchell, there are some people that are like, eh, hey, maybe not, but he's on the Jazz. The Jazz are the best team. They got to get two guys in, in my opinion. Mitchell's there. He's, he's still been really good. This is then the last three spots, forward and then the two wild cards is where things get a little interesting for me. So I would say Anthony Davis, I think he would be there, but because he's hurt, because he hasn't played super well, 
I think it's very likely he gets named to the team, but then they they name a replacement for him. So for that reason, I'm just throwing him out the window. He's not going to be on this list. Like I said, I think it's very likely he does get in, but I don't think he's playing in the game. So I thought it'd be more fun to name a guy who's actually going to play in the game. Um, so there's three spots. I got five guys who I think have a legit chance at getting in there. Ultimately, what I what I decided on was Chris Paul is one of the wild cards on the Suns. Zion Williamson as the last forward from the Pelicans. And then maybe somewhat surprisingly, DeMar DeRozan from the Spurs as my last wild card. The two guys that I had to leave off, that was really tough. Uh, Devin Booker and then Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, I think it's either going to be him or Zion. I don't think you're going to put two Pelicans on the all-star team. If it ends up being Ingram over Zion, I'd be like, okay, cool. But I think they're going to get one guy. I just don't think they're going to get both. And then the same logic could be kind of be used for Devin Booker and Chris Paul. I, I think one of them is going to get on. I don't think both of them. And I think the Spurs deserve some recognition because DeMar, DeMar DeRozan's had a really good season. And I know it's been more of a team effort overall, but the Spurs have had a really good year as well. I think they're only like a game or two behind the Spurs or behind the Suns. Yeah, they're a game and a half behind the Suns. The Suns are the five seed. The Spurs are the six seed. I think the Spurs have had a really good year. They deserve an all-star. So that's ultimately why I decided to put DeRozan in over a Booker or an Ingram. The other guys that I didn't mention that I did also some, some, somewhat consider at least, but they fell short a little bit, was Shea Gilgis-Alexander on the Thunder, Darren Fox on the Kings, and then Mike Conley on the Jazz. But Chris, uh, what are your thoughts on my uh, Western Conference reserves? So I have a bit of a hot take for – it's not anything to do with your – rankings i would say but i I think so chris paul so i obviously agree with all your first your first four solid chris paul i think absolutely deserves one of the three remaining spots the question is is i i don't think well not a question but i I don't think Zion deserves an all-star spot just yet you know he's been awesome offensively and you you know this i have been you know kind of trashing his defense because he's been pretty awful defensively this year. One of the worst defensive ratings out of like a, I would say a star player. He's got one of the worst ones, and his offense, you know, he doesn't provide any shooting as well. So you know, he obviously he's awesome down low and incredible, impossible to stop down there. But he he doesn't shoot. He's not a great. He's not a crazy passer. I don't think. And then he he doesn't play very much defense. So I think. I think a guy like DeRosa makes a lot of sense there is, uh, instead of him because he's been playing a lot of forward this year. He's even been playing a little bit of power forward, which weird enough, it, it, it makes sense for him, though, the type of player he is, you know, kind of that grit guy on both sides, but also can drop 20 a game and play some good defense, can play make, can rebound. I think he makes a lot of sense for, for the forward spot, I would say, and, and the third forward spot or whatever on the reserves. The next guy I want to name, though, is someone you didn't even mention. And and this might be a hot take. I've kind of warmed up to it. I think Jazz deserve another reserve, and it's not Mike Conley. It's Jordan Clarkson, man. This guy's been absolutely lighting it up. I think he deserves some recognition for it, man. I don't know. I've I've kind of – at first I was like, yeah, I don't really know about that when I heard kind of some people talking about it. Now I'm all in, man. Now, this guy can drop 40 on any given night. I think he's playing the best basketball of his career. He's been a big part of why the Jazz have been so good. I basically just think the entire reserve team should be the Utah Jazz. That's what I. That's the opinion you should get from me is that the entire reserve should be the Utah Jazz. You know, I've, I've expressed some interest in even Donovan Mitchell deserving to potentially start just because of how good they've been, and I think they deserve a starter. But, you know, the conference is so loaded, it makes sense that he's not, obviously – 
But, you know, I think they deserve another guy. And I think Clarkson's that guy because he's been – obviously, stats aren't going to compare to some of these other names like a Devin Booker but or a Brandon Ingram. But, you know, I think his impact on, the, on winning has been incredible. And, and just as high as these guys – I think if he was taking – you know, if he's playing in the starting lineup, he could be averaging 25 a game if he really wants to. And right now he's at 18. He's playing decent defense. He's been a better playmaker this year. I don't know, man. I'm 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 starting to get on board with the Jordan Clarkson love in the starting lineup, or not the starting lineup, in the reserve all-star lineup. There is no way in the world that Jordan Clarkson gets in over Mike Conley. There is literally zero chance, in my opinion. Like if they if Jordan Clarkson makes it, Mike Conley has to make it. I mean, the advanced metrics love him. He's just he's been such a great player. The, I think the coaches, because the coaches vote on the reserves. The coaches love Mike Conley by all accounts. He seems like a great leader on and off the court, great player too. There is no way they snub Conley again. We talked about earlier, he's been snubbed his entire career in terms of the All-Star. There's no way that he gets snubbed again in favor of a teammate in Jordan Clarkson. So I agree. I think Conley, I actually, I've seen a lot of things say, I know he, he got banged up a little bit recently, but I've seen a lot of things having him in over um i think it was over zion and maybe even DeRozan too that they'd have mike conley in um and i I think that's a really good take um i think conley has a really good shot at making the all-star team because like you said the jazz have been so good and i think they do deserve three all-stars but i don't think jordan clarkson's the guy i don't think that's the move um but i do i do agree to some point with your zion take about how he's just not been great defensively he has improved a little bit and i think his offensive numbers have been so good they don't play defense in the All-Star game. They kind of play defense in the All-Star game, but I don't, they don't play a lot of defense in the All-Star game. So I think Zion, I think his stats are crazy. I think the Pelicans, they, are, they aren't good, but they aren't like so awful that you just have to write them off completely. Um, so that's why I gave him the, the spot. But honestly, it, like I said, those so Paul, Zion, DeRozan were the three guys I ended up going with. If any of those guys that taken off in favor of a Devin Booker, a Brandon Ingram, or a Mike Conley, Really, I'll have no problems with it. I think those six guys are all pretty close. Um, and then SGA and De'Aaron Fox are just a little bit below them. And Jordan Clarkson, I mean, I guess you can put him in the Shea and the Fox conversation, but I don't know, man. I don't I don't really think he's going to make it, but that's a hot take. I saw Charles Barkley. He was the first one that I saw was like, maybe Jordan Clarkson's an all-star, and then it started to gain some steam. But in my opinion, I don't think so. Hey, the thing is, though, Quinn Snyder's the head coach, so, you know, you got that Utah Jazz connection. I actually do think one of Conley or Clarkson will end up making the game, though. And, you know, Conley's Conley's on the shelf right now. Maybe he gets, like, an honorary mention or whatever and then ends up not playing. That could be yeah. a possibility, too. I think maybe he did return yesterday. I'm not positive. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Yeah, he did, he did return. So – We'll have to see if either one of them makes it. I think Clarkson deserves some recognition. He's already going to get it with the sixth man of the year, but he's been incredible this year. I would say one of the best six-man seasons of our of the last decade, at least in my opinion. I think he's been had made that big of an impact on winning for them. And it's crazy to say from Jordan Clarkson because he's been a lifelong crappy Cavs player who just felt like he just chucked up shots just because he wanted to. And now it's just it's different. I mean, they need, they need a shot creating ability, and I think he's a big part of why that offense can go. 24-7 all out because they don't need a Donovan Mitchell. You know, if he's having a cold shooting game, it's whatever. If Conley's off, it's whatever. Jordan Clarkson can light it up and vice versa with the other guys. I think that's a big part of why they've been so good. But let's hear the East, man. Yeah, I, Jordan Clarkson's clear. Unless he gets hurt, he's the sixth man of the year. But uh, I, I just don't think he's an all-star. But, yeah, I'll jump into the East now. So this, I actually, so the, the West, I had four, like, locks, clear-cut guys, easy to put in. The East, I actually had five, 
But then the final two spots, I had even I had really really hard time debating who would get these final two spots. So for me, the locks, I got two forwards, two guards, and then one of the wild card spots completely locked up. So the two forwards, Jason Tatum from the Celtics, Julius Randle from the Knicks. The two guards, we mentioned it earlier, Jalen Brown from the Celtics, James Harden from the Nets. And the one wild card who I know he was a guy who a lot of people are like, he's going to get snubbed, he's going to get snubbed. I think he's played so well these last couple weeks. Recency bias is definitely in when the coaches have to uh, make these votes. Um, So I think Zach Levine was one of the wild card guys. I think he's a lock. I think he's going to make it this year. He almost made it last year. I think he was like the first or second guy off. Uh, off the ballot. So he, I think he's going to make it this year. The Bulls have been, I think, they're, I think they got a plan spot right now. They haven't been great, but they haven't been awful. And when you look at some of the other guards, if you look at from the beginning of the season to right now, Zach Levine, in my opinion, is a no doubt all-star. And then things get a little bit interesting. So these, so you got, I have a forward spot open and a, one of the wild card spots open. And there are a lot of guys who I think have been having good seasons, but I just don't know. It, it's like, it's hard to, to, to differentiate between them right so you got ben simmons who did not start the year off well at all there was the harden trade rumors all that stuff going around but he has been playing so well recently uh there's sabonis who's been kind of the opposite started off the year as like the best power forward in the league he was and now he's kind of tailed off a little bit but now he's starting to play a little bit better and then you got guys like chris middleton like trey young who's obviously a star a big name but hasn't had a great season the hawks have been awful uh, Bam Adebayo, Jeremy Grant, Fred Van Vliet, Malcolm Brogdon, Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier. What? Am I crazy? There's a lot of guys here that you have some like that you can make a case for at least to get that last forward spot and that wild card spot, in my opinion. Ultimately, maybe it's recency bias. I think it's hard to have the Sixers only have Embiid when they've been so good. I think they've been, in my opinion, the best team in, in the NBA so far this year. So I think Ben Simmons is going to get that final wild card spot. I think he's He's got locked up, especially with how he's been playing here recently. He's been really good the last couple weeks. And the forward spot, I know he's tailed off a little bit, but the Pacers are a top five team in the East. I, I think you got to give it to Domantas Sabonis. Um, I, I think it, it'd be hard to have the Pacers be a top five team, clear playoff team, and to not have an all-star representative, especially considering how good Sabonis has been all yep. year for the most part. So I think those are the two guys. I know people are going to be like, Trey Young, how do you leave Trey Young? Well, the Hawks suck, and Vance Metrics don't like him. He's a decent player, but I don't know. It's going to be tough. Maybe if a guy gets hurt, he'll probably be the first one. Bam, he's been good, but I think Sabonis has been a little bit better, and the Heat have sucked. Chris Middleton, he just leaves me flat. I just, I don't know. I know it's like the Bucks; They got to get two guys, but I would prefer to have Simmons and Sabonis and Levine and Randall over Middleton, in my opinion. Jeremy Grant, really good player. But uh, the Pistons have sucked. I think he's going to get some votes. Fred Van Vliet, um, I think he's also going to be pretty good. Um, he's got a good shot. If he gets that wild card spot, I'm not going to be upset. I think he's had a really good year. I think it's been really underrated. Brogdon, same thing as Sabonis. I think the Pacers are going to get a representative. He's also had a really good year. And then Gordon Hayward, too. I know he's been banged up and hasn't got off to a really super, really good start. Killed off a little bit lately, but still been pretty good. I still think I would love to see him make it. Um, I think he made it once with the Jazz, but I think it'd be cool if he made it now following the injury and everything. But I just think Simmons and Sabonis are the final two guys there. But um, So I got Tatum, Randall, Brown, Harden, Levine, Simmons, and Sabonis. What are your thoughts about that, Chris? I mean, look, man, I, I think your, your actual guys in the lineup, I think, are perfect. I don't have any disagreement with any of those guys. The only guy I think that 
this is for me. I, I know you named all those guys that are you know, maybe fringe guys that could end up making it. Uh, you know, I like all those guys. There's nothing wrong with them. You named a ton of players. All of them, you know, could be in consideration. I think the one guy you at least need to put on the consideration list would be Tobias Harris. This guy's having another yeah. career year. You know, he's playing just like he did with the Clippers. His efficiency's up. He's playing great defense. He's getting boards. And, you know, Simmons has been out for the last couple of games. So I think, you know, he's he's really turned it up. I know everyone's going to give Embiid the love because he's right in the MVP race in the thick of things. And it's well-deserved. But I think Tobias Harris is just as big a reason for this team's success. And I think he deserves at least whether or not he makes the game is probably – he probably won't make the game. Let's be real. Uh, this is There's a lot of good players. Uh, a lot of those guys being left off also, you know, in that same tier where they're, they're guys that are – uh, well, well deserving in an All Star spot, but there's only so much to go around. But I think Tobias Harris is a guy that definitely, at least, at least in our you know debates, you named a lot of honorable mentions. A guy that can't be left off that list. But you know, I, it's kind of boring because I wish we could do a little bit more debating. But I have, I have absolutely no disagree. This isn't a Jordan Clarkson situation where we're <laughs> disagreeing on it. I am 100. percent I think that's. I, I didn't make a bell like you said. This is just me reacting to yours. But this would literally be my seven, man. I, I got no complaints. Well, thank you. I, I, Harris, yeah, I think he's, I think he's like the Mike Conley of the of the Eastern Conference for right now. Where if you look at the record and you're like, hey, we got to get three Jazz guys in here because the Jazz are so good. I think you can say thing about the Sixers in the East. If the Sixers are so good in the East, got to get three Sixers in. Harris is easily that guy. And you can even maybe make an argument that he should be in over Simmons. So um, I ultimately gave it to Simmons because he's, I think he's just a better player. He's more talented. I think the coaches respect him, not respect him, but like are aware of his talent a little bit yeah, more than Harris. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely just forgot about him for sure. Um, but he's been really good, but, um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say for this episode. Do you want to have anything you want to say before we wrap things up? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the all-star game, whether or not it, you know, we, we obviously had the thing a couple weeks ago where we said they probably shouldn't play this game, but uh, I mean, I think it's going to end up being a good game. You know, they got the same format as last season, I believe. So I think that'll make things more interesting. They got the three point contest. I'm interested to see that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little more – talking about it a little more makes me a little bit more excited for the game this year. I was, like I said, on the fence about it, worried about maybe effort level not being there. But I think most of the players will be uh, showing out for the game. You know, I'm sure there will be some money incentives on the line too as well. So it should be a good fan event, a, a good break for the players that don't end up making the game, even the players that do make the game a, a nice, you know, uh, you know, segue from the season, the, yeah. the grind that has been the season. So I think it, it – there, there is some aspects of the All-Star game which that I do understand them needing to play, I guess, is what I would say before we wrap it up. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I am worried that it might not be a super competitive game just because people aren't going to take it seriously. It might be more of like a all-star game how it was a couple years or like five years ago before they made this new format but last year's game was really really good probably the best all-star game i've ever watched in my life so hopefully if that one's just like if, if this one's like 75 percent of what that game was it would be a really really fun weekend um yeah i'm also i'm also really excited to now see who the coaches nominate as the reserves i think that yeah. comes out later this week i think so we will come back again next week and we can ref review mine and see where where um me and the coaches agreed and where we disagreed but uh yeah that'll do it for this episode uh once again we're the zone defense podcast um so chris and i are going to keep doing these weekly zone defense basketball hours hopefully every week um as the nba we get i mean we're like almost halfway there through the season which is hard to believe uh, playoffs are right around the corner, trade uh, deadline, everything like that. So we'll have a lot of really good episodes. Looking looking forward to all those. Um, and in addition, uh, even though the NFL season is over, uh, we still have plenty of offseason content, especially NFL draft coverage, free agency or trade news, 
Chris and I just did one of the Carson Wentz trades, so definitely check that one out if you haven't already yet, uh, as well as previews for the 2021 NFL season. Um, but yeah, so make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Spotify and Twitter at Stone Defense Pod and search us on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss a thing. Smash that like button. And in the comments down below, let us know your all-star reserves and also answer the Dame versus Luka debate for us too. Who do you, who do you think was more deserving, Dame or Luka Doncic? But uh, we're looking forward to look, reading all those uh, comments. Um, and thank you for listening to this episode. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.